Welcome in to the Knit British Podcast. I'm your host, Louise Scully, and I am your tour guide on this journey exploring all the connections of Britishness in wool and knitting. Knit British and love your local wool. On today's show, I am talking about all things nature's shades along. I've got a meaningful knit story for you. I've got all the Brit yarn news this month and much, much more. So grab a whip, grab a drink and let's get going. Today's show is sponsored by Brit Yarn. Brit Yarn brings you the very best of British wool into one cheery online place. To share and celebrate in a love of British wool and to discover the very best from our British-based designers, visit www.brityarn.co.uk or click on the logo in the show notes. Welcome into episode 52 of the podcast and it's finally happened, listeners. It has gotten properly cold. Well, it has in Edinburgh anyway, and I for one love it. Love wrapping myself up against the winter chill and really feeling that bright, fresh coldness. Don't like it so much when the rain and the wind are all mixed up in there, but I do like a nice, crisp, cold day. And yesterday morning when I took my walk before breakfast, it felt quite good to put on an extra layer of woolens before going out. Am I sad? Am I the only? I'm sure as knitters I'm not the only person that feels this way. I do love a properly cold day. How are you all doing anyway? Coldness aside, I hope that wherever you're listening from you're cosy and comfy. Though I salute you also, you house cleaning podcast listeners. I know some of you like me to accompany you on a tide on all the tidying jobs around the house or running like Catherine Harris who told me last episode that she was Listen to the podcast while running. Keep going, Catherine, and all you running guys. Um, you might have to put me on high speed if you need to up the tempo. <laughs> uh, thank you for all your feedback since the last episode, especially your excitement about the Blacker Podcast Lounge in association with Knit British at the Edinburgh Yarn Festival. That is incredibly exciting and I am actually you know at the moment really quite occupied with all things podcast lounge and some other jobs that I'm doing and um, if you have you might have seen that I've been a bit quieter on social media recently because my head is down my head is down um, but thank you so much for your excitement about that and your excitement about the new blacker yarn which is going to be launched at Edinburgh Yarn Festival and I do apologise to all the um, people out there who got in touch with me who told me that I had pronounced Tamar wrong uh, I do apologise for that uh, the new blacker yarn uh, Tamar is of course inspired by the river but also the name Tamar it's also a woman's name where I come from uh, and spelled exactly the same so you will uh, let me off with that one I'm quite sure but thank you to everyone and there are quite a lot of you Jesus who uh, pointed out that I pronounced that incorrectly uh, I can't always rely on you to keep me right thank you so much for that but yeah, I have much more to tell you about um, the podcast lounge in the next 
episode and in the run-up to the Edinburgh Yarn Festival, I have had some exciting emails since our last conversation about people who are going to be podcasters who are taking part and some things for our programme. So, you know, it's it's exciting. It's very exciting. And lots of people were telling me on Saturday that they were excited about Podcast Lounge. Saturday, uh, there was the Edinburgh Yarn Festival de-stash event, and that was a great opportunity to de-stash and restash before Edinburgh Yarn Festival. It was a good forerunner to Edinburgh Yarn Festival, actually, and it was nice to sort of chat to people about uh, the festival, and I think I laughed the whole day long, and it just sort of reminded me about what's so good about what was so good about Edinburgh Yarn Festival and the Podcast Lounge, and it was just a nice little preface to this year's festival. Lots of people excited about Edinburgh Yarn Festival, as quite rightly they should be. And um, talking about the de-stash, I de-stash one item and one item only, and that was my sample loom, which you might rem- remember that I got at Edinburgh Yarn Festival uh, last year. I really, I really enjoy weaving, but I feel that it comes third at the moment to knitting and spinning. And... I just felt sorry that I'd only really woven five things, five lengths um, of of fabric. And I also sort of felt a bit limited by the width of the the sample at Loom. So I thought I'll just sell it. And there was a very, very happy customer. um, And I put the, the money towards eventually getting a bigger one one day. Um, So I don't feel sorry about that. I feel that my inability to completely embrace weaving um, is beneficial to somebody else and that they will get the love and and fun out of that loom. Um, I did pick up a few woolly items too, um, one of which I'll tell you about a little later. Um, but as I say, the de-stash was a great day and well done to Jo and Mika for organising it. It was, it was um, super. Uh, and in a, a connection to Edinburgh Yarn Festival, on the blog this week, I have a very special giveaway. And if you're planning to go to the Edinburgh Yarn Festival, please prick up your ears right now. I've got three pairs of Edinburgh Yarn Festival weekend admission tickets to the marketplace. Are you planning your trip? Have you been stalking the vendor list? Are you counting down the days until the Edinburgh Yarn Festival? If so, to be in with a chance of winning a pair of tickets for you, a friend, a partner, a total stranger with a, you know, a shared love of knitting and yarn festivals, um, go over to www.knitbritish.net forward slash tickets or just go to knitbritish.net and you should see it, you should see it there. Um, I've done it in a separate post from the show notes just to keep things um, a bit tidy because, you know, you might want to comment on the the show notes and not enter the competition um so that's where it is and all you have to do to be in with a chance of winning is to tell me what you are looking forward to most from this year's Edinburgh Yarn Festival and you've got until 12 p.m uk time on Wednesday the 24th of February and all you have to do is, is that. Just tell me what you're looking forward to most. I would say that please only enter if you are planning to attend the NBN Festival or you can make it to Edinburgh. I would I would appreciate it if you if you only entered if you can if you really think you can make it, just just to be fair to other entrants. 
So that's three pairs of tickets for you, a friend, partner, whoever you want to come with you. Your travel and accommodation to Edinburgh is not included. This is just entry. Tickets for entry to the Marketplace and the Podcast Lounge and all that fun on the 18th and 19th of March 2016. I'm really excited and there are already quite a lot of entries so do go over and throw your hat into the ring for a chance to win one of those pairs of tickets. If you're also looking for more giveaways I have a giveaway of the Knitting Goddess 100% British Wool in a lovely gold colourway on the blog and you can find that at knitbritish.net. I was really in need of some sunshiny joy when I wrote that post and... If you need an injection of sunshiny joy, please go and enter and read some of the entries into that competition. All I asked was for people to enter in the comments by telling me what your favourite shade of yellow is. And the comments are just fantastic. Just people uh, and their connections to colours. I just love it. It's it's incredible. Um, so that one is open until... I uh, can't remember when, but but, but still open now. So go ahead and, and enter for that incredible skein of yarn from the Knitting Goddess. And thanks to Joy for that prize. Now, the Nature Shades Along, Isla and I launched the Nature Shades Along on the 14th of January. And we are bowled over by the incredible amount of natural fibre coloured love that's going on out there and not just your vim for that but the incredible range of design choices and the real excitement for going au natural on some of these designs is incredible. Carrie Westman's recent authors and artists release the Astrid Hat and Lingren Mitts have been popular with a couple of our knitters. Jubal 66 used Blacker Lan Wenog and Wensleydale and North Ronaldy um, for her hat, which she says she made a little bit too big, but her husband is now enjoying it. So how fantastic is that? <laughs> uh, not gone to waste at all. And I just love how those three shades look very, um, very dramatic, very striking. Uh, Greenhouse Girl is also working on the mitts using various blacker and uh, natural Jimison and Smith shades. And it's, it really is lovely to see how the playfulness of the those designs, which were originally the sample is in blues and reds and whites, how they look just as playful and striking in natural colours. Another person using the North Ronaldsey, Lan Wenog and Wensleydale combination is Wishcatcher, who is making some pretty striped mitts. Uh, and, the, and in her picture, the North Ronaldsey looks so silvery um, and glittery it's really lovely I think actually uh, Wishcatcher Carol you might need to make some matching accessories because th that's a really cheery mitt a very cheery mitt so I hope I hope uh, there's scope for more <laughs> with that and it just shows you how you know people might think stripes are boring but like the stripe the striping that's going on in this cal couldn't be further from boring it's so cheery uh, we have some sweater knitters uh, in the cal. Eden is knitting a driftwood by Isabel Kramer. And again, incredible striping on this one. And she's using Snailden, which is, she's in Denmark. And the, the yarn is Fedouise, so that's local in a very sort of 
big scale <laughs> for her. Um, and the Snailden yarns are incredible. In fact, Snailden uh, has Falklands Merino in it as well. So don't rule it out as uh, not being able to use it because it's not British because it does have a bit of British wool in it. Uh, Blythe Spirit is working on Kate Davis's Buchan jumper, which if you have the Yokes book, you might know this. It's a uh, The sample in the book is knitted in a beautiful bright blue um, main colour with a gorgeous yoke design, uh, quite bold art deco style yoke design. And I love how, again, you know, that yoke design as she's knit, knit in her swatch looks just as bold and as stunning in the natural shade she's picked um, as the colourful version is. And I think that's one big reason why we wanted to do this Cal, Isla and I so that, you know, people don't just dismiss colours because they're brown or it's brown or it's grey or it's black or it's cream you know, it's what you do with them and the designs that you choose that can really, you know, be a match made in heaven. And, and it does make you think differently, I think, about how you use colours and probably not just how you would use natural colours, but how you would then go on to use dyed colours and colourful colours, I think. Um, and I can't think of, you know, I, well, I probably can't think of, but in this instance, one ex extremely colourful uh, design blues and yellows and reds uh, you know transmuted but none of that is lost at all none of that boldness and playfulness um, and character is lost at all I just can't wait to see that I hope that you have that finished for the Edinburgh Yarn Festival Blythe Spirit no pressure whatsoever but I really want to see that I just can't wait to see how that turns out um, hats are really popular too in the cal. Um, I love Only Dreaming's Tantalan hat, again Kate Davis pattern, and she's using the various shades of Gotland from Blacker. And I have to say, loving those. Uh, I think there are three different shades uh, of grey uh, in the Gotland uh, from Blacker, and I have been thinking myself that I would like to use those somehow, perhaps. Um, clever, uh, subtle gradients and I think that would be fantastic for that. Um, Alpaca Anna is making another Kate Davis, she's very popular that Davis girl, uh, Epistrophied um, in the natural buccal shades and um, the natural buccal shades have been really popular in this cal too. Lots of people are using those. There are three natural shades. I was going to be talking about buccal in this episode because I have the, the seven skeins and the book and I haven't been able to talk about it um, ridiculously since I got it because of other things that have been pressing. And again, I want to talk about it this week and have a little squish and a chat about those, but I'm going to have to use it to do that the next episode. Again, poor buccal keeps getting passed over. <laughs> <laughs> but I will come back to it. And again, those three natural shades, there's a a, a white, a light grey and a dark grey, and they're, they're, they're really incredible. And I did think that I might have um, knit the chamomile hat in those, but I think I might, I think I have so many odds and ends of 
of double knit that I must utilize those in a chamomile because that's a perfect hat and um it's a, a, again other people have been knitting the chamomile hat which is by Claire Devine and it's a great choice as I say for for finishing up some of those little odds and ends if you've been taking part in the swatch along maybe you've got odds and ends that you could use up for the for the stripes there are six stripes in this hat and you you know, you could really kind of go a bit wild with, with you know, your leftovers in that. Hannah K. Ross actually whipped up a caramel hat before this cal started. Uh, she used scraps of Fuller Wool and West Yorkshire Spinner's Blueface Leicester. And that's worth a look if you go into the Knit British Ravelry group and go into the Nature Shades um, I know there are lots of you out there who have really expressed interest in taking part in this cal, but feel that time is an issue. And I would totally recommend the chamomile hat or something similar. Um, you can knock up a hat in no time. And again, you know, odds and ends of things, perfect for sort of clearing up your stash a little bit too. So might be a good stash busting project. I cast on the Hitchhiker Shawl by Martina Bem and I'm using a magic ball of Shetland, various Shetland natural colour four ply which I blogged about making in November. The magic ball actually is made up of fuller wool and um, Fair Isle Worset which I got at Shetland Wool Week at the market, Maker's Market and I used roughly two grams of each colour um, and just made a random ball, spit splicing um, as I went. And I'm really liking how it's coming out in the Hitchhiker, the subtle changes of colour. I don't think I'm going to have enough in my magic ball. I think my magic ball was about 84 grams. And I think the original Hitchhiker used 150 grams. But I do have some very dark Hebridean um and so i think i might get mix that in amongst it as well um to sort of lengthen it a little bit but really enjoying that i this week because it's been fantastically cold um but i have been suffering from cold and sore hands i think i've said that before that i suffer from that sometimes and so i haven't done a lot of knitting on the shawl but it's a very easy pattern to memorize and jolly good fun and if you and i actually I thought this is one of the, the patterns that I just had in my library and I didn't. Um, and I do urge you to enable you to go off and just buy the Hitchhiker pattern. I think it was a couple of quid and it's it would be such a good pattern just for like, oh, somebody's birthday's coming up or oh, like, crikey, you know, what can I knit? It would be perfect. It's perfect TV knitting in that respect as well. So I actually have another yarn that I need to review and I thought I might... Um, use the the hitchhiker pattern for that as well but it's a it's a good pattern jolly good fun too isla is knitting swale from eden cottage yarns drift book uh which is designed by carrie westman that particular shawl it's a hap shawl half hap and she's knitting it in a zwarbles and exmoor blend uh, from John Arbin and North Ronaldsey yarn and also the Pembrokeshire blend from Wooly Chic, which I think is Ryland and Dorset Horn. So lots of breeds in that project. I think it'll just be stunning in all of those. Do take a look in our chat thread over in the Knit British Ravelry group and see what people are knitting and how they're sort of going wild for natural fibres and undyed shades. And 
join in if you can. I mean, you, we cast off on the 19th of March and so you really can join in at any time. We're going to be having a meetup at the Edinburgh Yarn Festival. As I said before, I'm very occupied with podcast lounge things at the moment. I'm working on the schedule. It will be on the Friday or the Saturday. Um, we've not discussed when, but say it's on the Friday and you're only coming on the Saturday, please don't worry because the podcast lounge is open all weekend and myself, I'm going to be there all weekend in the podcast lounge and I know that Isla is going to be there too. So please don't think if it's arranged for the day that you can't be there, don't worry and don't feel left out. We're going to be there the whole weekend. You can come and chat and show off and talk about your finished object all weekend. Okay, so I really want to, I really want to stress that because I have seen people say, oh, I'm only going to be there this day. I'm only going to be there at this time or that day. And I really, really, really don't want anyone to feel left out. Um, we also need to organise um, uh, a virtual knit night. And I need to confirm this with Isla. But we had sort of landed on Friday, the 12th of February for our, as is becoming custom now, our um, Cal Knit Night on social media and on Ravelry. So I will confirm this and I'll put it in the show notes. We'll also confirm it in the Ravel, in the chat thread and on social media. But it's looking like Friday, the 12th of February, um, probably seven o'clock UK time. Uh, we'll all get together on Instagram and Twitter and Ravelry and show off our Nature Shades projects and chat about what we're making. So uh, look out for confirmed details of that coming up soon. And talking of all things Brit yarn and natural shades and fibres, Isla is now stocking an 100% Romney yarn at Brit yarn. It comes in a double knit weight and an iron weight and it's from... Uh, the Aylesford flock in Kent. The double knit is worsted spun and the iron is woolen spun. So that's quite an interesting combination, I think, to give you sort of an idea if you wonder about how a wool reacts under different preparations. Um, Isla actually road tested the double knit in the breed swatch along and I wanted to share with you a little bit of what she said about working with that, that yarn. Um, so the double knit worsted spun Romney, uh, she said that in the hank it felt soft and silky and lustrous and that the yarn had a visible twist. And while knitting with it, she said that it was very smooth to knit with and the swatch was very elastic. The stitch definition was well defined and it had a lovely halo on the fabric, which didn't detract from that stitch definition at all. Um, she concluded in saying it was a really drapey fabric and had a, a delicate look. Now, I've knit with a different Romney, which was woolen spun. And I can imagine that the woolen, woolen spun of, of this particular yarn, a Brit yarn, will be squishier and an even springier yarn than that, than the double knit. Um, it's a really, the woolen spun Romney is a really great bloomy, boingy kind of wool and I made um, a Ricky hat out of the yarn that I had and it's just full of squash, it's fantastic. Um, if you prefer a drapier fabric then the double knit worsted spun is going to be 
what you're after. Worsted spun makes a much finer fabric, in my opinion. Uh, and anyone who's ever knit with Jimison and Smith's heritage yarns will testify how fantastic worsted spun yarn can be. Um, obviously, that's not Romney, that's Shetland, but <laughs> but just talking about how the, the, that preparation can create such a different feeling yarn and, and fabric. I think it's perfect that there's a, a worsted spun and a woolen spun version for you to try. The 100 gram uh, skein of Aran at Brit Yarn is £10.50 and the double knit skein is 100 grams, 235 metres and that's £11. And uh, if you're interested in finding Isla's review of this yarn for the Breed Swatch Long, I'll link to that in the show notes so you can get a good idea of of what the yarn is like and that's exactly why I started the Breed Swatch Long because I think it's really important that if you are encountering yarn for the first time and you want to know more about it isn't it fantastic that there's this record of it that you can go and find out more information and a really sort of um, good road test oh and here comes the podcast hello are you going to be good and just do nothing and be quiet let's hope let's hope so if you need an injection of colour in your yarn this month, then Isla has new stocks of BFL sock from Eden Cottage Yarns and the Knitting Goddess Brit sock and the Knitting Goddess BFL roving and her sparkle Falkland Merino. And very excitedly on the bookshelves at Brit Yarn, Isla has now in stock the Clee collection by Rennie Callahan, who you may also know as East London Knit, which is a collection of six designs, two jumpers, a cardigan, two shawls and a pair of mitts. I love Angel's In The Making sweater, which has uh, is a seamless sweater, but has a contrast colour lace yoke, which is very delicious. Isla also has in stock the very awesome Drift Collection book curated by Eden Cottage Yarns featuring 12 designs by 10 designers. Uh, You might recall that I reviewed this book in episode 45 of the podcast when I wanted to cast on all of the things. Um, That is a really wonderful book, really wonderful book and really worth a look. Clee costs £15 at Brit Yarn and Drift costs £18. And it may be a little late news, but as this is the first Brit Yarn sponsored episode of 2016, we need to say a huge congratulations to Isla, who made the Ravelry 2015 superlatives list. Brit Yarn being a new shop in 2015, was visited the most by Ravelry patrons. Ethel the Sheep made the Ravelry front page that day, which is just fantastic. Very, very well done to Isla and hearty congratulations. Sorry, the cat now is going to be going out. (laughs) Nature Shades Along Wise, please feel free to join us. And if you feel that you don't have any naturals in your stash... I'm sure if you click on the logo in the show notes or visit www.brityarn.co.uk, you will find a lot of inspiration. Don't forget that we have prizes 
uh, involved in the nature shades along and um, those prizes are we're sort of keeping them under wraps at the moment but um, we're gonna have a goodie bag um, from Isla and a goodie bag from me up for grabs and one of the um, things in my goodie bag is actually something I found at the D stash on Saturday run by Edinburgh Yarn Festival at the event there was uh, a lady who had her very own wool from her very own sheep and it's called Lammermuir wool and it's 100% Shetland wool and Lammermuir wool is grown on Susie Vestry's farm and her company is Koru Shetlands and she's based in uh, the Lammer Moors in Scotland. And I really wanted to make mention of this because um, her yarn is incredible and it's available in double knit as well as um, uh, lace weight. And I bought some of the lace weight for myself um, and I bought some of the double knit for a prize in the nature shades along. It's a really, really lovely Shetland wool. And unfortunately, at the moment, you can't find a website for her. Um, She's um she's just selling via eBay at the moment, but I hope by the time we that we draw the winners for this that we'll be able to point to her uh, online places uh, on on the World Wide Web. Uh, but it's a really incredible yarn, and I really liked that she on her on her ball band she said color natural white, no nasty dips or anything contains lanolin. I mean that's perfect, isn't it? We you know we like to know where wool comes from, and we can tell that this particular Shetland wool comes from the Lammermuir Hills, but to know that there's no nasty dips in anything is even better. Um, so that's I've got a hundred gram skein of the double knit. Uh, as part part of my prize um, for the Nature Shades Along. One of the things I was truly excited about, about Susie's yarn, was that she's just had cones made up of her natural Shetland yarns, and they're a natural gradient cone. So there's the dark, dark colour, there's the uh, brown colour, there's the grey, and I can't remember if there was white in there as well, but it's all wound onto one massive cone. And I think the cones were around £50, but I ha I did have to tell her that, that I thought that that was a really unique product because we have seen the fantastic hand-dyed gradient yarns that are out there and available. But have you seen many natural gradient um, cones or balls of yarn no and so that's a, I thought that was a really unique thing and the lovely Cathy Scott uh, of Stitch Mastery um, bought one of those cones and excitedly came over to show it to me at the D-Stash and again it's I we talked about what a unique thing it was I don't know about you cones sometimes are a wee bit unwieldy for some some knitters but cakes of that would be incredible wouldn't it no mad no spit spice and magic balls together <laughs> although I have to say that was totally fun too so yeah so Lammermuir Shetland wool coming soon to a knit British prize near you there's a
I have a meaningful knits for you today. You might remember a few episodes ago I told you about how I really wanted to do more about the stories in our stitches and for you particularly to tell me about an item of hand knit or even machine knit or crocheted or whatever, a woolen item that holds special meaning for you. And I did some recording at Shetland Wool Week and spoke to some people about what was meaningful in terms of their knitting and what the stories were in those stitches in that item. And I today I have Margie West, who was my manager when I worked at the Shetland Library. And she was keen to tell the story of her Shetland lace scarf and how it came to her before she lived in Shetland and the story surrounding that. Sit back with your cuppa and listen to Margie West talk about her Shetland lace scarf. Margie, describe this scarf. Um, it's a Shetland lace uh, scarf, knit lace scarf, and it's in um, what I've come to understand now is Shetland traditional Shetland colors um, of the Shetland sheep. So it's um, mostly off-white but with um, chevron pattern with the um, with dark browns and grays and, sort of and you know, uh, top topes and yeah. that type of thing. So what makes this a meaningful item for you? Um, I met my husband through a um, e-pen pal site and the first thing he ever sent me, before we were actually even romantically um, involved, it was this scarf. It came in a small mailer envelope to the U.S. and I opened it up and I really probably didn't understand the significance of it at the time because I hadn't actually visited Shetland yet, but it, I, I smelled it as I tend to do with all sorts of garments <laughs> and it smelled of peat of peat smoke, um, which, uh, as, as anyone has ever smelled peat smoke, realizes so evocative of these islands. Um, and it would have been probably three or four months later that I came to visit Shetland for the first time. And um, the second time I visited Shetland, which would have been about ten months after that, we got engaged and um, I'm now, we're now married and I'm living in Shetland. So there was some as I was saying earlier, some sort of magic woven into the scarf, I think, because it's a, it's definitely drawn me to the aisles, and it's, it continues to be quite, a, well, it's very dear, near and dear to me, although it is also very practical, which is also very, a very Shetland thing now that I, I live here in Shetland. So lovely to be dear to me and also, like, keep me warm and, and easily worn with all sorts of garments because it's just lovely colors. Do you know who made it? I don't. I, I do. I did ask my husband recently, and he said he bought it from... Um, Jameson's on the on the street, so I don't know who knits there for them. So, um, I think this is called razor shell. This pattern. Oh right. Um, so it's got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven different colours yeah, in there. Yeah, yeah. It's true. There's a black, and then there's a, and a then really really a deep brown. Yeah. yeah. It's lovely. And so it's interesting to hear that. That's what I never even thought to come and look to see what the pattern was mm -hmm. called. That it's called razor shells. I think this is razor shell. You get also you get 
new shell as a uh, new shell um, mm -hmm, as well. Mm -hmm. But I think this, but it's one of the first patterns that you maybe like if you learn to knit in Shetland, if you at school, mm -hmm. then you'd often get taught to knit razor shell. Oh, well, and, and, and if it is razor shell, that's even more evocative because I live near the ocean, in um, in many of my places in my life. And um, but it, I was living in New Jersey on the eastern seaboard of the U.S. And um, we have razor shell clams there as well. Actually, it's an indic uh, indicative of how healthy water is, at least for New Jersey. For a long time there were no razor shells because the water was so polluted, razor clams, and now they are, um, they're, they're starting making a comeback, so you can, can now find them in New Jersey, so that's wow. kind of an interesting that's, thing that's really as well. I, I love scarves, so it was it was interesting that he chose that because I I have lots and lots and lots of scarves, but this is um, obviously the, probably the most unique scarf I have, and certainly the most um, cherished one that I have. So and he could have gone for anything. You could you could have gone for feather, you could have gone for gloves, you could have gone, but he chose the scarf. And yeah, it's lovely. Yeah, quite so. Mm. That little meeting of the minds there. So. Yeah. Would you ever wash it? Ooh. No, that's an interesting question. I, I, since I work at the, a, a library with lots of very, uh, lots of bo good books and very um, serious <laughs> knitters, I would probably take advice about that. Um, I don't really think that it would. I can't imagine that it would need it unless I dropped breakfast onto it or something like that. <laughs> I mean, my concern would be maybe over time the I don't know if the the, the wool would maybe yellow a bit or discolor because it's it is a light color. So, yeah. Um, um, just because you'd said that it smelled of peat smoke now and it didn't and didn't anymore, and I just wondered if you if you'd washed it. And, um, no, no, I haven't. I haven't done anything to it other than wear it and, and admire it. I have a. I sort of have pegs. Um, actually, pegs for my scarves that hang above the. Um, where we sleep, and uh -huh. this, this is on, one, on, the, on one of the pegs above my, oh. on my head. So, oh, that's lovely. Thank you so much for telling yeah. me about it. I'm happy to hear it. I love how this scarf for Margie just holds so much. There's the smell, and how it just is so evocative to her of Shetland and. Uh, you know, before she even moved to Shetland, the smell sort of brought her there. And then and then that magic, as she says, sort of knit into those stitches and drawn her to her new life in Shetland. I just love that. And uh, um, I remember when she first sort of told me about it in an email, I felt a bit misty eyed about it. And it, it, it's lovely to see how this one item, various Shetland shades, natural shades, um, again, magical, Mother Nature, sheepy rainbow. It's it's a lovely story. It's a really lovely story. If you have knitted items like Margie that have a story behind them, I would, I would really love to hear about it. There are lots of ways you can get in touch with me. Best way is to either comment on the show notes or drop me a line at louise at knitbritish.net. Um, and... I'd love to interview you. I'd love you to tell me the story of the stitches in your in your hand knit items and your woolen items. I think it's really powerful, and I think that um, sometimes we don't know that an item is going to hold all that meaning, especially for Margie. You know that it um, it ended up being significant um, of so much, and it takes a someone else sometimes to place the meaning on that item for us and and it's it, it, it can be magical it can be really magical so if you have a meaningful knit and if there is a real story in your stitches then please tell me please get in touch I'd love to hear about it and um, 
Uh, I love to hear about your um, items, whether they are inherited items, whether they were gifted to you, whether you made it yourself. That, you know, there's definitely a story there that should be told and I would love to help help you tell it. Thank you so much to Margie uh, for sitting down with me before the library opened one day in October last year for telling me about the story in her scarf. More meaningful knit stories from Shetland anyway and hopefully more to come from yourselves um, in the near future. Also, I want to hear from you and I will open a thread in the Ravelry group for you to tell me about this. But I'd love to hear about your stories, not for the Meaningful Knits, but your stories of um, whips of doom. Uh, I'm very interested in hearing about how you cast on for a project, particularly one that you were really looking forward to knitting, and then for whatever reason, it came became a bit of a whip of doom. And do something about that in the future and perhaps encourage some re-loving of the whips of doom. Um, but I'm going to open up a thread in the Knit British Ravelry group. So if you have a funny story of doom or a sad tale to tell or a... Tr- tragic or horrific tale to tell about a whip of doom then please come over to the Knit British Ravelry group and tell me or drop me a line again louise at knitbritish.net Let's say hello to some of the new kids in the Ravelry group. Every episode I like to say hello to um the new kids in Ravelry group and any Ravelry group if you go on to the front page there is usually six names of new kids. Now I know by the time that I, this podcast goes out there will be more new kids um, and hello to them too uh, but I particularly like to say hello when I am recording the podcast. So hello to Anna Head who is from Scotland. Hello to Anila Lay from Honolulu and I think I got a tweet. Uh, I saw a tweet from you uh, last week. Aloha. Knit British to Hawaii. That's pretty spectacular. Um, hello to Annie Howard who is Annie from Colchester. Hello to Caro776 who is Caro from Trowel in Nottinghamshire. Hello to <laughs> Thriakama Thriakma, who is Christiane from Texas. You can tell that I'm just looking at this on my laptop right now and haven't had time to look at how to pronounce the names. And hello to Dolphin Smile 525 who is Danny from Michigan. Hello to all of you guys and everyone in the Knit British Ravelry group and everyone uh, who takes the time to uh, rate and review the podcast on iTunes. I've had some lovely reviews recently from Ma Dashper from McCath Knits from Linda Thompson 23 and from Salt Horse in Australia. Thank you so much for just taking a few minutes to write a couple of lines in iTunes. Uh, that really means a lot to me. It really does. Just the fact that you take time to click and like these things and, and rate and review, it really does mean a lot and I really do appreciate it. You know, as I always say, when I sit down to do the podcast, I feel like I'm sitting down with like-minded friends to have a cuppa and a good old nitty chat. And the fact that you enjoy that cuppa and nitty chat is lovely. Thank you so much for for listening to the podcast and supporting the podcast and not just my podcast, but other nitty crafty podcasts too. There's a really great page in the Knitting Magazine 
in their February issue all about knitting podcasts and myself and Shiny Bees and Curious Handmade and Knit Sonic and Brenda Dane all get a mention in there and uh, if you're looking for some new podcasts to listen to or catch up on then that would be a good place to find out more about knitting podcasts in the UK. In the hello thread we've got MR Kernan. Hello, I'm Molly. I'm from the US. I got my postgrad in London last year and fell in love with British wool. Recently, I discovered your fabulous podcast and it's inspiring to me to knit British as much as possible. I'll be back in the UK for a visit next month and can't wait to do more, do some more yarn shopping. Happy knitting. Happy knitting to you, Molly, and I hope you go back to the US with a suitcase full of British wool. Uh, and Annalie, it's Anella. Thank you so much for that very handy pronunciation. Anella, nice to have you in the Knit British Ravelry group. Uh, hello, my name is Nella and I'm a knitter from Hawaii. I heard of your podcast from Libby at the Truly Myrtle podcast and I'm so grateful she suggested you. I'm currently on episode 25 and zipping through episodes quite quickly. I hope that one day I'll be able to visit Scotland for the next Edinburgh Yarn Festival. Happy knitting everyone. Happy knitting to you. Annie Howard says, hello, I'm Annie. I can't believe I wasn't a member of this group already. Shame on me. I listened to your latest podcast number 51 and will be tuning in for more to keep me company while I'm knitting. Currently wishing I could get to the Edinburgh Yarn Festival. It sounds like a brilliant show. Yeah, it is a brilliant. <laughs> it's brilliant. You just try. Just it's only Edinburgh. Where are you? Where are you based? Let me have a look. Colchester. Okay. Well, pff, train, plane, automobile, something like that. <laughs> Inked and Crafty says, hi, I'm Emer from, from Ireland. I've been knitting constantly for just over a year now, although I did knit as a child, having been taught in school and my sister and mother are big knitters. I started by knitting some jumpers for rescue hens and the rest is history. I've also found knitting amazing for mental health benefits and need to do a few rows every day. I started listening to the podcast a few months ago and I love them. I've listened back to some old ones to tide me over until the next one lands. Myself and my sister are travelling to EYF this year. I did a wee air, air punch there. I always do that when someone says they're coming to Edinburgh Yarn Festival. Um, and you're super excited. I really want to learn more about sheep breeds and yarn types. I'm only beginning to explore nicer yarns now. I would also love to source ethically produced yarns as a vegetarian vegan who is not opposed to using ethically sourced animal fibre. I get jealous listening to the local yarns you described from Britain. I'd love to know if you could sneak some Irish yarns if there are any you are aware of. Anyway, I'll stop rambling now. Can't wait till the next podcast. Maybe even see you at March in the podcast line. Yes, you definitely will, Emer. You definitely will. And Irish wools, definitely. Now, for me, Knit British is all about supporting wool spun, grown or dyed in Britain and that's the British Isles and Ireland is part of the British Isles. And yeah, I definitely extend my remit to Irish breeds and of course there's the Galway sheep and there's also the fantastic the Kilcar wools. Um, I would suggest uh, having a look at stwistwool.com which is Irish milled and spun yarn and I believe... Dermot, who runs S-Twist, oh my voice did a funny thing there, uh, is going to be at Edinburgh Yarn Festival. And another great link for you, if you don't already know it, Emer, is the Blaster podcast, which is, their tagline is a taste of the craft scene in Ireland. So hopefully those two are good, good uh, links for you. 
I just had to wrestle a cat um, <laughs> in that segment. I'm sorry if I sounded really distracted, but I could hear her jumping into the linen cupboard. It's never a good thing. Uh, so, Emer, good to hear from you. And yes, I'm very interested in Irish wool. Um, so that is it for this episode. Crazy cats, etc. So yeah, I'm going to be back on the 5th of February and I'm going to have that buccal review for you. I'm going to tell you about my recent project of slight doom and hopefully you'll have some stories to tell me about that too. And lots of other things are coming up. Don't forget about the competition at knitbritish.net to win Edinburgh Yarn Festival tickets and don't forget about the giveaway for the Knitting Goddess incredible gold yellow colourway 100% British wool either because um, both of those deadlines are coming up and it would be really good to hear from you on if you are taking part in the Nature's Shades Long and um, but until next time take very good care Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Knit British podcast. To find out more, visit www.knitbritish.net. You can email me louise at knitbritish.net. I'm on Twitter and Instagram as at knit underscore British. And I'm on Ravelry as Lyra. Take care of that throat. You're a big
Christ's of fame, God. Now you've got the glory. You're going to take a little heartaches to go with it. I got no glory. I got no fame. I got no big mansions. I got no money. But I've got... What have I got? I don't know. What have you got? I got to get out of here.